What's going on everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world and then about a week later we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Brad Burko, Managing Director of Bahama Mama Cigars. Um, Brad, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on and uh, to finally meet you, Kevin. Yeah, it's good. Good to finally meet you. Um, uh, what do you? Where, well, first of all, where are you coming from? Where? Where's your? You? It, it's late here. It's it's eight o'clock, and it appears to be sunny wherever it is you're at. Yeah, we're we're three hours uh, behind uh, behind you. We're uh, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. All right. It's only ninety eight degrees right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's horrible. <laughs> well, actually, it's it's still cool for out here. Is is it? They they always say the the no humidity heat heat it's the heat not the humidity and I I find that crap I find it as I get older that's crap hot right. is hot I I don't I don't know right it's a, right it's a dry heat no. a, yeah yeah my my oven is a dry heat as well I don't want to be in there at a hundred degrees either not at all <laughs> uh so what are you what are you smoking tonight well obviously I'm smoking the La Mirada yeah. By Bahama Mama's company, it's a delicious cigar, and uh, uh, we've been getting some great reviews and uh, great ratings and uh, great exposure. So right on, and uh, um, uh, so so before we get into um, um, all of that, we're we're gonna go back way way back. So you've you've actually led a pretty exciting life, and there's actually a lot of different knowledge about you on the internet you know so you can actually find quite a bit of information and not just cigar related to you you are a jack of all trades you are an enigma wrapped in a riddle so you you were born in queens new york grew up in florida graduated with a juris doctorate in law received an emmy played tennis with then vice president george bush for like an entire <laughs> summer and so many other things that we'll probably get uh, um, um, get to later in the show, especially the Emmy thing. Um, but uh, um, one thing with with reading about you and and, and seeing some other interviews, um, I, I I missed it. Uh, where and when did you start for smoking cigars? Was there somebody that got you into them? A dad, an uncle, a grandfather? When, yeah. when, did, when did the cigars come into your life? Well, like a lot of us, uh, we were introduced to cigar sm smoking by our fathers, and my father was no exception. Uh, he went between pipes and cigars, and uh, his favorite cigar was the uh, was the Goliath by Royal Jamaican Cigars. Okay, that, that thing lasted him like three hours. It was like <laughs> the Fuente Cañones. It was like eight and a half by fifty, fifty-two. And probably cost uh, three dollars back then, which was a lot of money. Yeah, uh, I remember when I was eighteen, uh, my dad and I took the subway into Manhattan from Queens, where I grew up, and uh, went to the Nat Sherman store. 
And this is before it was the townhouse. It was like three generations ago. And this is back in the uh, mid-70s, let's say, early 70s. Uh, they were on 5th Avenue and 50th Street. And uh, I remember he went in there, and uh, for that time, he bought a box of Macanudo Portofinos. Okay. And uh, he thought it was a nice mild smoke, and he wanted me to try it, and I tried it. And like my son uh, that I smoked cigars with uh, 20 years or so ago, uh, it was very, very mild, and I knew <laughs> yeah. it taste. But I've been smoking cigars ever since I was like 18, 19 years old. And, uh, of course, being in the industry the last 26 or 27 years, I've smoked a lot more and a wide variety of cigars. What, what have you been uh, – other than um, uh, La Mirada and Bahama Mamas, and what they say, we'll get into that, what, what have you been digging on over the last – couple years you know um, or even like well we'll say oh we'll say over the last year you know is, is there something some of these newer companies that have really been really been popping you know or you know you you, you back with some of the you know just mainly smoke a lot of the you know the the, the tradition you know the stuff that you know drew estate padron fuente well you know it's funny uh, i love going to cigar stores across the country and uh, I love trying to find something I've never had before or something I've had, but I don't remember. But uh, I like smoking, besides our cigars, of course, uh, anything by uh, Dunbarton, oh, uh, yeah. Steve Saka. Uh, I think his cigars are just fantastic from the construction to the taste. Um, I, I also love the cigars by um, uh, Skip Martin with Roma Craft. I'm a big fan of uh, all their cigars. Uh, I like Nick Malilio's stuff with Foundation. Uh, you know, I love boutique-type cigars. Uh, I love the Caffey 1901 cigars. My friend, Dr. Gabby Caffey, he yeah, makes yeah. some great cigars. Yeah, that, that San Andreas he makes is, a, is my favorite in his life. I love that. I love yeah. that. A absolutely fantastic. So, so yeah, so I, I got kind of a feel for your palate. You know, you like... You know, Nick stuff, obviously he blended with Sokka, you know, back when they were with DE. You know, you, you like, you know, um, so Foundation, Dunbarton. Um, right. Um, uh, so, yeah, so kind of the similar, you know, um, uh, Roma Craft, kind of the all similar, spicier, bolder cigars in. You know, right. so. you know, it's funny. You describe it as spicier or bolder, but I, as I've gotten older, I like a cigar that's more medium-bodied. Nothing too full, and I don't like spice. Yeah, but uh, but uh, you know, I like I, I like that sort of a cigar, and especially smoking several cigars a day. I like to stay with the uh, milder, medium-bodied cigars. Yeah, you know, and it's hard to put that term. I, you know, a couple hours ago, I got a call from a guy because you can find my phone number, my cell phone number on the internet everywhere, and he just called to shoot the shit. And then, uh, luckily, I you know I had some time and. You know, he wanted a, you know, a, a medium cigar that wasn't too peppery. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. You know, like I said, it's just, I mean, because, because medium to me is bold and spicy to someone else. And it, it's hard to always pinpoint those, you know, those notes. You know, it's why on, you know, cigar reviews, you know, it's so hard to watch a cigar reviewer and even understand if you're going to like that cigar. Yeah, I mean, we, we just got back as a company from exhibiting at TPE, yeah. Tobacco Plus Expo, and uh, uh, in Las Vegas. And it's amazing, all of these new brands 
and all of these well-known cigar manufacturers coming out with new cigars. And that's because there's so many palettes out there, you know, and also cigars to fit everybody's pocketbook. Yeah, you know, you, you, you say that, like, so there's so many palettes out there, but each one of us also has, I think, a dozen different palettes. You know, like I said, I mean, my, myself, I mean, I, I like a, an infused cigar on occasion. I also like a good Connecticut in the morning sometimes. Um, uh, then I want something bold and spicy. Sometimes I want some nicotine. So with each individual cigar smoker, you've got a dozen palettes. So if you take on average, they, they, they say there's three and a half million cigar smokers, 12 palettes per cigar smoker. There's more than enough. Uh, to, to, yeah. And, yeah. And, and of course, it depends what time of day or night. It depends on my, what you might be drinking or eating with that yeah. cigar. Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And I've never said that anything was right or wrong for a, a person. It's like, I don't care what you're drinking as long as you're smoking. And whatever you're smoking is fine with me as long as it's fine with you. Exactly. Um, so you just got back from uh, uh, TPE. Uh, I just got a message right before I walked in. Um, uh, apparently you met uh, 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 our, everybody's uncle, Uncle Lee Mac, out, out there at uh, uh, TPE. Yeah, it, it was a fantastic show. You know, it's it's the first time I've been in the industry like 27 years, but it's the first time I've been on that side of the uh, table, so to speak. And I was an exhibitor working for a manufacturer. Yep. And uh, we had, even as a small company, we had great booth traffic. We had a lot of people asking about our cigars, sampling our cigars, coming back the next day and say they enjoyed what they'd like. They'd like to write an order. Uh, I got interviewed by, I think it was three podcasters and uh, even by European Cigar Journal. So, Oh, really? I'm happy with everything, yeah. Yeah, you've, you've been making the rounds lately. Um, I think, was it last week or two weeks ago? I have to go back and watch it still. You were uh, with uh, Boston Jimmy. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, like yourself, I finally got a chance to meet Boston Jimmy when he came out to TPE. Oh, did you guys get a chance to hook up? Yeah, yeah, we got a chance to hook up and smoke the cigar together. And, uh, you know, I think I got my start with uh, uh, JB, Jerome Berry, an iconic smoker. Okay, and I love these podcasts. These are fantastic. And, you know, as you probably saw from my resume, much of my background is in radio and TV and production. And uh, I think this is a great medium. And it's it's really come to be so big during these days of COVID. It, it, it has. And then, uh, you know, speaking of your of your background in a little bit. Um, uh, this is a little bit of, and, and I don't know how old this video is. I forgot to write it down, but I'll watch it. Hopefully you'll be able to, I think you'll be able to hear it, but this is a little bit of Brad's background. Welcome everyone to Scottsdale Cigar Club. I'm Brad Burko, and I have the pleasure of being joined today by my good friend in the cigar industry for probably 15 or so years. Mr. Tom Papillo from Trendsetters Marketing. Tom, welcome. Thank you, Brad, for having me. And uh, Tom represents several different brands that we carry here at Scottsdale Cigar Club, including our leading brand, Perdomo Cigars. Yeah, I know you've been a big fan of Perdomo's for many years now, Brad, and uh, for those of you who don't know, it's owned by a gentleman named Nick Perdomo, 
It's a uh, solely owned business. It's not a giant corporation like some other folks out there. Well, you know, what, what I love about that, that video on how old it is, um, he said, well, for some of those that may not know, Nick Perdomo, you know, right. and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that was, uh, that, that was, that was awesome. How, how old's that video? That, well, Tom Papillo, unfortunately, I don't know if you knew him. He passed away. Oh, I didn't know. 15 or 20 years ago. He was maybe 50, 55 years old. Yeah. And, uh, he was in the cigar industry for a long time and I, I knew him very, very well. Uh, he represented his biggest line was probably Perdomo cigars, and he lived in the Phoenix Scottsdale area. So we would get together all the time and just uh, just sit back, relax, and enjoy a cigar. Yeah, you know, I, I tell you, the production value of that video right there, as old as it is, rivals some of the the videos that some of these people are putting out nowadays in the cigar world. I mean, it is. 2021 you know we, we we have all this great technological equipment and you nailed it back then i mean it was perfect i mean your sound your lighting the camera was dead on i couldn't even imagine the device you filmed that on you know so yeah well well that credit actually goes to my son who's now 33 so he was probably 20 or so at the time yeah uh, he's been living in L.A. for the past three years doing uh, the Hollywood thing on the production side. OK. And uh, he put that together for me. He had a uh, a production company back then, you know, chip off the old block. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it was good stuff. I, I, I was happy to see that. I hadn't seen that in a while. Yeah, yeah. I watched. Uh, um, uh, I got, actually got hooked. I think I watched like five or six of them, you know, and it just the just the older videos because they were just. I mean, you knew what you were doing. They, were, I mean, they they pulled you in just with with everything. Now that now that video, that's not what won you your Emmy, right? Not for that series. No, no, no. So, if you want to know about that, yes. I created a television show when I first moved out to the valley in like, uh, oh geez, uh, ninety four, ninety five, somewhere's around there. And it was called Inside Arizona Golf. And it was like a golf magazine show. And it was similar to what today is inside the PGA Tour. And, uh, you know, Scottsdale, Phoenix, Tucson is a huge, huge uh, golf yeah. mecca. Yeah. And uh, we started, it was a 13-week production. It was every Saturday as the lead-in to Wide World of Sports. And we were on ABC, so I knew what I was doing with that. And uh, we got an awful lot of viewership. We, Like I said, it was 13 weeks during the height of the golf season here in Arizona. And it started the week before the now famous Phoenix Open that has like 700,000 fans. And it finished the week after in April, a uh, senior uh, major event here in uh, Arizona. And it was on... Uh, we had a, a golf instruction. We had uh, golf rules. We interviewed uh, so many uh, professional athletes, celebrities, politicians, etc. And then in uh, it was the first year of the show. So I think it was 94, 95. We won the Emmy for best sports production. Okay. And uh, the funny thing is, is I was sick at home with pneumonia. 
and I had my wife go for me. And, you know, obviously I wasn't expecting to win anything. And uh, she calls me on the phone. She goes, you just won the Emmy. I go, quit screwing around with me. She goes, no, no, you won the Emmy. And this is before, you know, you could FaceTime with, you know, uh, your phone and all that sort of stuff. And she kept insisting. So the next day she came home and boom, there was the Emmy. You know, it was hard to believe. And my son in L.A., he's got it right now on his mantelpiece. Oh, right on. You know, so that's so how did you how did you get in? Because I said you you you're 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 a lawyer, you know, or you you know, that's what that's what your career. So where where did the path venture into uh, production? So how how did that how did that come about? Well, how many how many hours do you have? <laughs> uh, I'll try to give you the short version. I knew after my first year of law school that I did not want to be a lawyer. I wanted to be in business. And all through uh, college, and I went to school at Stetson University in Deland, Florida, near yeah. where you are. And uh, I, I played an awful lot of tennis and, and taught a lot of tennis. And uh, uh, in my second year of law school, I started teaching tennis down at the Fountain Blue Hilton in Miami Beach. And uh, when I graduated uh, uh, with my Juris Doctorate in 1983, uh, a friend of mine and I created a partnership to create a tennis management company where we we would manage tennis properties for resorts, municipalities, and private clubs. And it all started with the seven tennis courts at the Fountain Blue. And uh, from that, in uh, three years, we grew to 23 properties across the United States. Oh, wow. And uh, I I started, uh, I was always promotion oriented. And I started signing uh, tennis professionals to represent our properties. I don't know. You probably remember Jimmy Connors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had Jimmy Connors representing our properties, Eli Nastasi, uh, Tracy Austin, who was a great, great uh, ladies tennis pro. Uh, we had uh, Liz Smiley, who was the best lady in Australia. Sabina Simmons, top pro from uh, from Italy. I mean, we, we had so many players. And then uh, I put together uh, an exhibition tennis match between Jimmy Connors and Ilya Nastasi. And uh, this was, I think, in 1983 or 84. And ESPN just started in 1979. And when okay. they, they didn't have production crews, they just aired content. So somebody from ESPN calls me and says, we'd like to talk to you about airing your exhibition match. Because back then, Jimmy Connors, Eli Nastasi was a big thing. So they they came and visited me, and uh, they put this check in front of me, and I said, well, where do I sign? <laughs> and uh, from there, you know, I, I got into their TV truck when they were producing the event, and uh, I decided that production was, uh, was the next step uh, in my life cycle, so to speak. Yeah, that's I um uh, I have a love for production and, and on the, on the backside of it um I, I got hooked with when my company uh, I work for uh, uh, Bridgestone you know uh, they invited me to do a commercial with them um and then um, I, I did some different scenes but just the production just from day one I was annoying everybody on the on the whole crew and I just 
soaked up as much as I can. So I, I, I could, you know, I can't even imagine like the production back and then doing anything with ESPN, just the, the, the equipment and then everything else. Yeah. So, ESPN and Fox, which was then a network of regional sports channels across the country in Florida was the sunshine network. I don't know if you remember that or yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so what we did is we were hired on by Fox or ESPN to produce live golf, tennis, yachting, um, uh, boxing, uh, all sorts of different events all over the world. And in 1994, 95, uh, they started getting into the production business. So they basically killed what I did. I sold my business. And uh, wasn't doing anything for a couple of years. And my youngest brother, who still lives in Miami Beach, he created a cigar event called the Cigar Schmooze. And he had two to three events within a four or five month period. And this is like uh, 94, 95 in the height of the cigar boom. And he had two to three thousand people each night. Wow. Big success. And uh, what he did is he went to a big smoke event, and back then they had one in Miami Beach at the Playboy Club, which is a Playboy Hotel. Yeah. Miami Beach, and, and that's no longer there. And as you know, you can't smoke anywhere. <laughs> yeah. There's only, there's only two big smokes right now, I believe. One in uh, Fort Lauderdale at the uh, Indian Casino, Native American Casino. Yeah. Uh, I think they still have one in New York City. But uh, he said, you're not doing anything. Why don't you do this event in Phoenix? So uh, I did it at the Ritz-Carlton in Phoenix in uh, May of 1997. And uh, we uh, rented out the ballroom, which was 7,500 square feet. And we had like 20 manufacturers come in from Miami and Tampa. We had Southern Wine and Spirits put out all the drink tastings. We had all the cigar-friendly restaurants, and you notice I said cigar-friendly? Yeah. So, you know, back then you could smoke inside the Morton's or you could smoke inside the bomb <laughs> or what have you. And uh, we had a, a men's and ladies fashion show. We had a, uh, uh, a live music with dancing, and it was a lot of fun. We had 1,300 people. And then the fire department closed us down, well, closed the doors because we couldn't fit any more people in the ballroom. And it, we, we probably turned away 500 people. And it was fantastic. So I got into the cigar business, and it was also the launch, that event launched the uh, cigar room, which was in the lobby bar at the Ritz-Carlton. Okay. They came to me, the Ritz-Carlton, and said, you know, who do we use to supply us with cigars. So I, I told them I'd come back to them in a day or two, and I talked to some friends of mine. They said, stupid, that's your next career. And I said, yeah. So I went back to the Ritz, and I said, I can supply you with every cigar you want. And right away I got licensed, and I got direct with Fuente, Padron, Altidus, General, you name it. And uh, I had an on-premise cigar distribution business for like 11 or 12 years. We had uh, almost 50 casinos across the country with over 20 of them in, uh, in Vegas. Uh, I started in uh, November 1998 opening the Bellagio Casino. 
And inside that casino, we had 26 humidor placements. Every wow. restaurant, every bar, everywhere you can think of. And from there, we went to Paris, Las Vegas. We went to Wynn. We were at Mandalay. We were all over the place. And, and uh, then we started taking on golf properties. And my biggest golf property was Pebble Beach Company in Monterey, really? California, or Pebble Beach, California. And uh, I had been there during my, uh, my TV production days. But uh, but I really didn't know these people, and uh, I went there and immediately got the business, and it was a huge huge account. And from opening uh, Pebble Beach, we opened probably another dozen or more uh, golf properties in the Monterey Peninsula, and dozens and dozens more golf properties across the country. And you know, it was a great business for like eleven or twelve years. So what was the downfall of that? You know, um, well, the to, downfall to... of that was in uh, the uh, recession in 2008, 2009. Oh, okay. okay. So that's when it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the last year I was in Pebble Beach, I was up there uh, in uh, uh, June, I think it was, of 2010 for the U.S. Open. And what we did is we actually had a cigar lounge set up behind the 18th green. And that was fantastic. We sold a lot of cigars. We were up there for the whole week. But you know, all of a sudden, instead of dealing with food and beverage directors who cared about the cigars and cared about me coming in for training and putting up humidors, et cetera, I had to deal with uh, purchasing directors. Uh, You've ever had an experience with purchasing directors? Yes. The only thing they care about is getting the same product for the cheapest price possible, and they don't care about service. And it's not like I'm the only person that sells Fuente or Perdomo or CAO or what have you. So, you know, they wanted me to bastardize my price margins, and I did because I knew it was still good business, but then all of a sudden I get letters from their accounts uh, payable division and said, we're going to pay you a net 60, net 90, net 120 days. And this is like every property. So I called up Pebble Beach. I called up Bellagio. I called up Wynn and said, look, guys, I can't afford to do business with you. And they were flabbergasted because they said nobody ever calls us up and says we can't do business with you. But, you know, I didn't need a resume builder. I wanted to make a living. So from that point, I opened up uh, a cigar shop. What you showed with uh, my friend Tom Papillo. Uh, it was called the Scottsdale Cigar Club, and I had that for like eight years, and that was a lot of fun. It was fantastic, and it was like uh, uh, it was like uh, sixty or seventy feet deep, and on one wall we had seven fifty-five inch TVs because I wanted to have a sports book feel. Yeah. The opposite wall, I built a custom glass cabinet, long, long 50-foot cabinet, where we had like 350 facings, and all the leather couches and chairs all faced the television, and we had like two events every month. We had big events out in the parking lot. Uh, We did it all, and then I guess six months after I opened the store, I created a, a radio show. That was called the Best Damn Cigar Show. 
It was, uh, you know, I sort of stole that from Fox Sports with their best damn yeah. sports show. And, I was, I uh, was wondering which came first. I didn't know. Go, they, I, did, they, I didn't, I didn't go back that far, and I'm like, that had to have been right there at the same time. Yeah, I had to. I have to give them the credit because they started it, you know. And I was waiting for a letter, a legal letter, to come in the mail from Fox uh, Law Department, telling me I couldn't use it. But it never happened. And the show was live every uh, Sunday from the store, from noon to one p.m. It was on the uh, the number one business talk show in uh, the Phoenix Scottsdale area. And uh, it was fantastic. And I, I even took the show remotely to other cigar lounges around the valley, friends of mine. And I called them up and said, I'd love to do, a, you know, a, an hour show from your uh, lounge. They were all very, very suspicious, even though they knew me. Yeah. They, well, what are you up to? And I said, look, guys, <laughs> I just want to turn people on to cigar smoking. And people listen, and they're in your neck of the woods, they're going to go to your store. If they're in my neck of the woods, they're going to come to my store. So that was a great uh, radio show that we had on the air for probably seven and a half years. You know, it, it, it's, you know, I, I, I watch and listen, and, and you were really, I mean, you're like, a, you really are like the godfather kind of, of where we're at today in, in the cigar smoking community, because you were one of the first, if not the first, you know, doing it on YouTube, like in the video, the, the clip we showed, and then traveling to cigar lounges, doing doing views. We've got a great, uh, 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 my good buddy, Care Viajante with Stogie Road Cigars. He says hello. I know, know Care. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Care, Care did that for several years, you know, um, and then uh, um, he's home base now. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, you kind of started all of this, but yet until COVID hit. And then I, I met you briefly in one of the chat rooms. I'd never heard of Brad Burko, who's probably responsible for, for doing what, what I do today. So it was, uh, well, all of us start somewhere, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, I remember the first cigar trade show before it was PCA, as you know, it was IPCPR. Yeah. And before that it was RTDA. Yeah, and I went to my first RTDA in Cincinnati, Ohio, in <laughs> 1995. And you know, back then the uh, uh, the RTDA, IPCPR, whatever you want to call it, was held all around the country. And now, of course, Vegas is pretty much the only place we can host it. You know, do do, do you think that they should switch it up? That's been a big big contentious thing over the last couple years, maybe two years, people want to see it back, you know, possibly Orlando. Um, cause there, cause there is a, um, uh, um, um, uh, a native American casino here where we could do some smoking, um, or pot you know, and possibly go back and forth. Cause Vegas can be expensive. If you're traveling from Florida or New York or the Midwest and you're staying in Vegas versus staying in Orlando or Tampa. Um, yeah. Do, do, do you, would you like to see it, you know, in different places? Absolutely. I would love to see an East Coast, West Coast uh, change, you know, every year, every other year, whatever it is, every two years. I mean, Vegas is a great place for the show. And whether it's Orlando or South Florida, uh, Florida is obviously the ideal destination because of so many 
manufacturers, let alone all the retailers that are down, yeah. and all the cigar shows like yours. Uh, I think it would be fantastic to switch it up. And, you know, maybe uh, you're onto something with the Native American casinos. That's why they're holding the uh, the big smoke in uh, the Seminole Indian Reservation yeah. uh, in Fort Lauderdale. I think it's the Hard Rock or, or I'm not sure what it is right yeah, now. Yeah, I think it, I, I think it's the uh, the Seminole Hard Rocks. I think they just, over the last couple of years, just took over the Hard Rock in Orlando. It's either Tampa or Orlando. So that so they yeah. have the Hard Rock. Actually, it is Tampa because it's right in. So so the the casino is actually right right near the um, um, the theme parks. So like right, like right. You, you could walk out of the the Hard Rock and directly into a theme park. So that well, would be great. And, yeah, so so you bring the yeah. family. The family sure. goes to spend the day at the theme park. You go into the uh, the PCA trade show for the day and. Right, right, and the the Hard Rock also is down in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. That's like a, a forty-five minute drive uh, down to Calle Ocho, down to Eighth Street. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of people in the cigar industry have never been there. People have never been in Tampa, the Ybor City, you know, to see where this thing uh, all started. So yeah, I, I was just I was just in Ybor uh, Friday night. Uh, I love it. It's only an hour from me. We love right. going up to Ybor, hanging out, uh, going over to the Columbia, getting some good Cuban food. You know, hitting all the lounges that are over there, so that would definitely be, you know, fantastic. So yeah. the the Scottsdale Cigar Club is that still around? Is it still open? No, I uh, closed that down in uh, 2018. I don't know how it is in Florida, but out here, uh, probably 2015 or so, three years before I opened, a lot of cigar bars opened. Yeah. So, cigar store that all of a sudden got a liquor license and you know you can drink you could smoke uh etc uh and i don't know what the law is in florida but out here in the state of arizona it's a hundred thousand dollars to get a liquor license even if you can get one and then to buy liquor it's all cod and i don't care if you're albertson's or bevmo or, or total wine it doesn't matter how big or small you are. It's all COD. And I wasn't even zoned to be a bar. And uh, and lastly, I didn't want to be in the bar business, quite frankly. You know, I didn't want to have to worry about people driving home and whether they got there or not. Uh, there's a lot of liabilities there. And, you know, we had to close it down because a lot of my members, a lot of my customers, a lot of people who just you know, went on Yelp or uh, the internet. They went to these bars that you, know, you could smoke a cigar and you get a scotch, a bourbon, a wine, a beer. And I don't blame those people because I enjoy, a, you know, an adult beverage with a cigar. Yes. I, I closed that down and it was unfortunate because, you know, we had a lot of great people that came in and out of that place. We had a lot I met a lot of great cigar uh, manufacturers. I was talking about, you know, Gabby Caffey. Um, I introduced his cigars to Arizona. Oh, really? I, I'm so pro-boutique, which is what our company is now, that I called him and said, I've heard about you. Can you please send me a price list and some samples? And within a week or two weeks, we probably had six or eight facings. 
And, you know, even now with uh, the Bahama Mamas company and our two brands, Bahama Mamas and La Mirada, we're a boutique cigar, which a lot of people have not heard about. Obviously, being on Cigar Prop with you helps to get the word out there. And, uh, uh, you know, I would always give a boutique a chance. You know, I give them a chance. I put them on the shelf. People would come in and, you know, the cigar retailer, whether you're the, the owner of the store or you're the manager, an employee, whatever, you got to get off your duff and you got to assist the people in, uh, in their cigar selections. You know, people always ask me if they can help me. And I, I tell them real kindly that, no, I'm pretty good. I know my way around. But the, the way to sell a boutique is to go over there and tell them about it especially if they've never heard of it. So, you know, that's important. But we closed down, and I had some bad health for a year and a half. And uh, all of a sudden, in like, uh, what was it, September of 2019? Yeah, 2019. I got a call from a good friend of mine, John Gahagan, who's been a like a 30-year executive in the uh, cigar industry, he was the creative director, I think, for General Cigar in the 80s and 90s, and he'd been a great friend. So he was a consultant to the uh, the ownership group for Bahama Mamas, and he called me up, and he said, Brad, we're looking for a managing director, and I think you would be great at it. And I said, John, quite frankly, I know nothing about Bahama <laughs> Mamas. I know nothing about La Mirada. And I told him, look, I can't represent the cigar that I've never smoked and that I don't care for. Now, it might not meet my palate, but it better have a good draw and a good yeah. burn and a good ash, yes. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So he sent me the cigars, and I love the La Mirada. I smoke that cigar probably a couple times a day. It meets my palate. You know, I don't know about you, but it's, it's got a, uh, a great draw. That's the first thing with a cigar. If you don't have a draw, you have nothing. You know, if I have to work like a Hoover vacuum, suck yeah. that cigar, I put that cigar down and I say goodbye to it. Yeah, you know, it was funny you say that when we started our, uh, um, our podcast last night. Um, usually we, Jessica and I light up a cigar um, before um, uh, we dial up Care and his wife. And it was the first time she had one last night. And she lit it up and she goes, wow. This has a really good draw, you know, and that was that was the exact words out of her mouth. This has a really good. It, it wasn't too loose, like it was too airy, because because everybody hates that too, right? Um, but yeah, it was uh, uh, in all the cigars. Now I've I've smoked probably half a dozen of them already, and uh, um, very very good. And um, um, it and, and and I and I hate saying this, so I, you know, hopefully you don't take offense to it, but it's actually a really good cigar. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, you can say I, that as often as you like. I don't yeah, think yeah, you know, it's like you say that to some people like, well, what does that mean? You know, I'm like, OK, I, I didn't know. I didn't. You know, it's, um, you know, Bahama Mamas. You have that name. It's, um, you know, La Mirada I'd never heard of. So, the, you know, boutique for me, it's like 50 50 a lot of times. You know, sometimes it's going to be good. Sometimes it's not going to be good. No, well, not good. Not for my palate. You know, I don't want to say not a good cigar. But uh, right. yeah, this uh, both of them, um, and I just lit up the Bahama Mama, the Bardstown blend. I still got a little bit of my La Mirada left, but I really wanted to get into to this one. Um, so both of these cigars made at La Palma. 
No, no. Okay, okay. So that that I was a little confused on which ones were made. Yeah, no, where. not a problem. Uh, okay, that's that's the one great thing that uh, John and and uh, the people that worked at the company before me that were involved in the blending and the factories and what have you. They went to La Aurora, and they okay. had La Aurora blend and manufacture the Bahama Mamas with Manuel and Noah. Oh, okay. Uh, and I've known Manuel by name and reputation, uh, but I have. You know, people ask me if I had anything to do with the blending, and I would like to say not yet, but I plan yeah. on it. Okay. You know, with COVID, you couldn't travel to. The- yeah, yeah. Uh, you you know you couldn't travel a lot anyway. But uh, they chose uh, La Aurora to blend and make uh, the four different infused cigars that come with uh, Bahama Mamas. There's the Bardstown Kentucky Bourbon Blend. There's the uh, uh, Freeport Rum. There's the Madagascar Vanilla. And there's the Braziliana Coffee. So those are four great infused cigars. And, you know, I told John and I I told the people at uh, the company, I'm not an infused cigar smoker. You know, I, I know uh, uh, Drew Estate is a big sponsor of your shows. Yep. And have I had acid cigars before? Absolutely. I mean, and, and have I enjoyed them? Yes, I've enjoyed them. And it, it's like a dessert cigar to me. It's not the cigar that I would choose to smoke all the time. But, you know, it definitely has uh, a great appeal to an awful lot of smokers. It's got a great market share. I've known Jonathan for, geez, 25 years. You know, he wasn't at that first RTDA in 95, but I think I I met him in 96. And, uh, you know, 97 when he first launched that company. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, I wasn't a fan of infused cigars, but our cigars have a very, very light infusion, if you've noticed. I, I was going to say that. So so for people maybe listening that haven't tried a Bahama Mama, so I'll go with, um, so w- Jessica and I, our, our favorite, in, um, well, it's not infused, but our favorite cigar is the, the Fat Bottom Betty. A lot of people know what the Fat Bottom Betty is, yes. how it tastes. So on the... The, the the sweetness the you know that that line of cigars that would be like an eight so on on like the sweetness level um and non-traditional cigar level this is like a four the 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 the, the infusion is so light and the, it doesn't have a, um i don't know if they put a sweetened cap on here if yes. they do okay it's but it's so so light and it goes away because some people that's what turns them off is that sweetened cap they don't. Right. They don't like that lasting, and uh, I I like the sweetened cap, but this right. one is like a level two, and it's gone after ten minutes. You know the yeah. sweet, uh, the sweet. You know it. It, right. and it's, it, it, it. It tastes like the baccarat cigars. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're you're right. You know I you know it's been so long since I had a baccarat, but uh, yeah, it does. So it does remind me of that cigar. Right, and. You know, that sweetness wears off after the first few minutes. And for people that don't like a tobacco taste, that is perfect for them. And then the subtle infusion is also perfect for people that want to smoke more tobacco than infusion. And also with some of these other cigars, and once again, they're fantastic. They're super sellers. Uh, I've enjoyed them. But if you get three, four 
men, women, what have you, in a cigar store smoking that cigar, you get a, a an aroma. Yeah. You know, you can smell throughout the uh, uh, throughout the store. Some people like it, and some traditional people are turned off by it. So the aroma on this cigar is not heavy whatsoever, and the taste itself is not heavy. And just like the La Mirada, it's got uh, a great draw. It's got a great burn. It doesn't have to be relit a whole lot of times. It's like, I don't know if you can see this. This is the, uh, the La Mirada. Yeah, this started out as a 6 by 60 the, the Gordo Magnifico. Yeah, I've got one of those. Yeah. I have not relit this once. I mean, I can't stand some of these cigars, big companies out there, where four or five times you have to relight your cigar. Yeah. I can't stand that. Now, if I put the cigar down for two, three minutes and it goes out, I understand that. Yeah. But if it goes out when it's in my hand or or I'm in between 30 seconds on puffs, yeah, I don't like that. And you don't even have to touch this up. Once again, look at that thing. Yeah. That's perfect. And I haven't done anything special to this. And the draw, like you were saying, it's not too light. It's not too heavy. I mean, I think it's as close to perfect as perfect is. It, it's definitely a great cigar. Now, in the Bahama Mama, um, um, it, it, is it... Is it a mixture? I, I can't quite tell. Is it all long filler? Is it a mixed tripa? Is it? It's all. It's all long filler. Okay. It's all handmade. Um, you know, it's a premium cigar. So, uh, and that's what we wanted in that cigar, and that's what we got, and that's what we deliver. You know, it comes in four different sizes. The biggest size is that Toro that you're smoking. It comes in a Gordito, which is like a short Robusto. It comes in a, uh, a Petite Corona, and it comes in a, uh, a, a Corona, or excuse me, a Robusto. We got a, a little, a little one there. Yeah. And that's what I call a dog walker. It's a four and a half by, you know, 42. It's a good 10, 12, 15 minute cigar. You get a great bowl of smoke in a little cigar. Uh, those packs are self-humidified for two to three months. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The great display cases, it comes in a display of five of those four packs. And, you know, it comes, uh, in either one of those four infusions. So it's no. fantastic. And, you know, we haven't talked about this. Our pricing is excellent. I don't know what the state taxes. Well, I know what the state taxes are across the country. But those cigars, the Bahama Mamas retail for like six, six and a half dollars. And the La Miradas, which is made at Tabacalera Palma, Yoki Blanco, that retails for like seven and a half to eight and a half dollars. So that's right in the wheelhouse of almost any cigar smoker out there. Yeah. Now, now which one was the coffee one again? Was that that's the, the Braziliana? Okay. Okay. So I was wondering on that one because I had the Madagascar here. Yeah, that's so vanilla. Been- so that's a vanilla. That's the only thing on on the packaging that uh, that I would have been. And, and Jessica said the same thing. And uh, was the uh, she she read the Madagascar and she goes, "What is that?" And I go, "I I don't know." Um, so that was that was her only on the packaging. She would like to probably have seen vanilla Madagascar vanilla, you know. And uh, because I didn't know the Bardstown was a whiskey, I smoked one of those um, at a friend's house when we were over there Saturday night. 
And I'm like, oh man, this tastes a little bit like a, like a bourbon or a whiskey. So I didn't know that the Bardstown was the, what was the whiskey one. So anybody pass that info along, you know, maybe in the future, you know, right, put down right. a, a whiskey. Well, yeah. You know, uh, uh, three, uh, three letters that I hate saying are the FDA. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, everybody out there knows the FDA is coming down. You know, they've been trying to come down on cigar smokers since Obama. Uh, but they're really trying to ban flavored cigars. Okay, so we didn't so want to put coffee flavored that, or vanilla that, that flavored. Make, that makes sense. Yes, you know, and uh, the only uh, and rum is not really a flavor; it's it's a, a liquor. Yeah, and uh, and Bardstown blend. Most people who are drinkers and bourbon drinkers in particular know that Bardstown is Bardstown, Kentucky, that makes bourbon. Okay, so 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 everything I said, just ignore that. I apologize. No, no, you know, it's yeah, great no, suggestions. No. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, but I'm gonna have to pick up some of those coffee ones. Jessica is always. I mean, she she likes traditional cigars. She likes the bolder, the stronger, the spiciest cigars, full of nicotine. But like a lot of us, on occasion, we like a good infused cigar. Sometimes in the morning, she likes a coffee cigar. So I so I'm definitely gonna have to. Um, um, our, uh, um, our good buddy Brad Reef, uh, um, he he carries your line, correctly. Yes. So all right. So yes. I'll, very I'll have successful to, for him. All right. So I'll, I'll have to. Uh, um, everybody in the chat panel just remember, Zeal. Everybody knows Zeal cigars. I, when I say Brad Reef, everybody knows where to go. So uh, so Br Brad carries these cigars. So definitely go check out Brad. Um, in in the comment section, say hey, I saw Kevin and Brad online, and then maybe Brad will send me a free cigar every now and then. Um, yeah. For, uh, yeah, for 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 hooking him, for hooking him up. So, um, so the oh, so the, and we'll we'll say the La Mirada will show this packaging. So this is the one made by Hochi Blanco at La Palma. Right, right. I'll show you a better. Okay, there you La go. Mirada. And La okay. Mirada in Spanish means the view, and we want people to get an image of being on the beach or looking out at the golf course or. I have a beautiful backyard with all these azaleas and palm trees and what have you. And, uh, you know, we want people just to relax and, and get that feeling. And this La Mirada, you know, you could smoke it morning, noon or night. And that, that ash just just keeps going and it holds. And uh, like I said, I haven't relit it once in the same. Excuse me. The same thing with the uh, Bahama Mama's cigars. Now, with the La Mirada, it has a true aged Connecticut shade wrapper. So, so for people that don't know what that is, now, like I said, and, and there's, and our, our fine sponsor, uh, Corona Cigar, Jeff Borshowitz, that one thing that he has been really pushing to get is when someone says a Connecticut shade, he, he, he wants it said on the, on the box. Where, where was that? Where was that grown? Where, is it a true Connecticut shade or is it a Connecticut? So, so tell everybody what a true Connecticut shade is. Well, in all honesty, until I started working for Bahama Mama's company, I had never heard the term true yeah. Connecticut shade wrapper. I mean, we're, we're all familiar that there's a, there's wrapper leaf in Connecticut, but they take the seed and they grow Connecticut in Nicaragua. They grow Connecticut in Ecuador, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But true Connecticut is truly from the state of Connecticut. 
So the state of Connecticut uh, sends out these bales of Connecticut shade wrapper. They send it to uh, Tobacalera Palma, and Tobacalera Palma uses that as wrapper leaf on uh, the La Mirada cigars. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just delicious. All the, all the Macanudos, I mean, when you, when you heard Macanudo, you always knew it was a true aged Connecticut shade wrapper. It was three-year aged. And yeah. that's what our cigars are. They're three-year aged Connecticut shade wrapper. So the, aesthetically, that wrapper leaf is beautiful. You know, it's got a golden tan look. Is is very little veins in it, and uh, it just and it burns really nicely. I mean, I have to keep going back to that because I just enjoy it, and I wouldn't BS you, and I wouldn't be running this company if I didn't believe in it. You know, is it a hundred rated cigar? Well, you know, mo most people would say no. I love it. I smoke yeah. it every day. But you know, and, 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 and I think a lot of people that know me, I mean, it, there, there have been times that we've had guests on the show and uh, and I and I well, I'll smoke the cigar. And it's very, very rarely, maybe only like three times to where there was issues with the cigar. And I really didn't talk about the cigar. You know, we, we tried to let you know, maybe it wasn't my, you know, in my wheelhouse, you know, so, you know, we, we, we talk about like what we, you know, the history, the stories and we, you know, but this cigar, I really enjoy the cigar. Like I said, look look at the look at the ash. Look at the the the, the burn line on the cigar. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, like I said, the the, the sweetened tip is 100% gone, and the uh, the infusion is very very light. You can taste the the natural tobacco that's on there, but then it follows up with just a little bit of, of that infusion, a little bit of that whiskey, bourbon, scotch, whatever it is that you're going to get, you know, out of out of that. But um, yeah, I, right. I, I I really like it. Now, the one thing I didn't know, because on the website, La Mirada website, um, it said that this brand has been relaunched. Was this brand off the market for a time? Well, Bahama Mamas started out as uh, Havana Honeys. You Re probably remember Havana Honeys from the late 90s, early Yeah, I, everybody remembers that. Yeah, it was started by a gentleman named Joe Gold, who unfortunately is no longer with us. And uh, he had a kiosk at McCarran Airport, Las Vegas Airport. And they had the little Cigarillo tin packs. He was like yeah. one of the first guys that did that. And they came in 20 different flavors. I mean, cherry and watermelon and, you know, uh, chocolate. And, you know, you <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then General Cigar Company bought that from Joe Gold. Okay. Branded it as Bahama Mamas. And then a few years later, my company, my the ownership group of my company, bought Bahama Mamas from General. Because General bought, as you know, CAO. Yeah. CAO has a line of phenomenal flavored cigars. Yeah. Oh, the Eileen's Dream or the... Uh, What's it called? The moon, moon trance and moon trance. Moon trance. That's the one I was thinking of. So they didn't need two competing flavored cigars, I imagine. So they sold the uh, Bahama Mamas to us, and uh, you know we have the two now. The La Mirada right now only comes in Connecticut, and okay. we are going to change that. Uh, I'm starting to uh, to blend. Uh, through Zoom calls and what have you with uh, Tobacco Palma 
some other blends. I want to come out with a more medium and a more medium to full-bodied cigar, something with, you know, maybe a Sumatra, San Andres, a Corojo wrapper, and uh, use some different tobaccos, maybe from, you know, Nicaraguan fillers and, and things like that. Because you just can't have the one line in your portfolio. And the retailers that we talk to, they say, okay, you have Connecticut, it's doing well, what else do you have? And, you know, for the past few years, we, we didn't have anything else. But now uh, I'm insisting on uh, getting some other um, uh, wrappers and, and uh, tobaccos and blending those. And, uh, you know, it's a process of uh, the factory, me telling the factories what I'd like, the factory sending them to me, smoking them, send, you know, giving them out to some friends of mine who uh, love cigars, smoking them and going back and forth. Uh, not only with the different uh, uh, filler, binder, and wrapper, but, you know, what sizes are we going to go? Are we going to try a box press or, a, you know, a soft box press? Are we going to do something like Placencia does with their uh, Alma Fuerte, where it's like a, a hexagon or an octagon? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what it is, but it sits weird in the mouth. It's delicious cigar. But, uh, you know, personally, I love a soft box press cigar. I, I, I love I hunt them out. I, you know, I, um, uh, I'll get one and someone and it'll be a hard box press and I, I smoke them. I enjoy them, but it is it's it's too square. You know, I, I'm a type of guy that I like to twirl the cigar in my mouth a little bit. And you can't do that with a with a box press. I love a soft box press. Some people call it a trunk press. But that hands down, I love a soft box press cigar. I, I agree with you a thousand percent. Another thing that we don't have in our lineup is a Figurado cigar. Yeah, we don't have a Torpedo or a Bellicoso or a, 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 a Salomon or anything like that. I love Salomon cigars. Absolutely love a good Salomon cigar. Exactly, but, and, then, uh, and then and then and then my ash just fell on my cigar. But let, let me show everybody how how good this ash is. I was able to pick the ash up. That's beautiful. So, so I was able to pick it up inside my ashtray, and I can hold it up. So 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 a lot of people try that with their cigar. You know, try picking up your ash and seeing if uh, if you can actually squeeze an ash. So that's that's pretty. There's mine. Yeah, there there you, there you go and. But yeah, uh, Bellicoso, uh, hands down, my favorite size, you know, yeah, a, a, yeah. across the board. I, I love, yeah. I love a Bellicoso. And, and Kevin, look at that. That's the La Mirada. Yep. And that's burning right down to the band. I haven't relit that cigar once. And I've been talking quite a bit, but I'm also, you know, smoking the cigar. Yeah, and uh, and, and I would definitely love to see it in a. Uh, uh, um, anything else, you know, a a, a Maduro. Uh, um, San Andreas, what, whatever, you know, so I would definitely love to see, see where the company goes with, uh, with that, and especially with La Palma. A lot of people don't know, like, uh, aging room, you know, so Hochi Blanco and La Palma, they know how to make cigars. You oh, know? Absolutely. So, 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 so you didn't just hook up with some boutique factory that, that, you know, produces no name, you know, other, you know, blends. I mean, you guys have some, you know, some serious street cred, you know, right, with this right. cigar. Well, that's the first thing when I talk to a prospective uh, retailer or online or distributor or what have you. I first thing I tell them is this is made at La Aurora. This is made at Tabacalera Palma. 
and I have instant credibility. There's a lot of what I like to call Don Nobodies out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's like supposedly there's 150 plus factories in Nicaragua. And, you know, we've probably only heard of 30 of them. Really? I, 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 I've never heard that number before. Nobody's ever yeah. nobody's ever said like, you know, I, I just didn't know. I assumed there was 12. You know, I, I, don't, I don't, you know. Yeah, people have a garage and they make a factory. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm not sure where they get their tobaccos from. But, you know, like a guy, I, I keep going back to Dr. Caffey. You know, he's a guy who was uh, born and raised in, in uh, Honduras, rather. His family has tobacco farms. So he's really growing tobacco, rolling the tobaccos, etc. I mean, you know, Perdomo does the same thing. Fuente does the same thing. I mean, that's beautiful when the manufacturer is not just sourcing tobacco from different yeah. places, but they're actually, you know, growing the seeds and growing the, the plants and then rolling them and fermenting them and boxing them and all of that. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Now, and speaking of boxing, um, uh, do you do you have? I mean, are these are all like samplers? Do you have like box, like physical boxes, or is oh, every yeah. or is everything in, you know, um, a pack? So you have uh, larger boxes for people that. Yeah, I don't know if, if you could see that, but that's a box. We oh, okay boxes for the Bahama Mamas that has uh, uh, five, uh, four rows of five cigars. And it fits nicely on the shelf. It takes up maybe three, four inches. And then we have a, a flat uh, box for the, for the uh, La Miradas that has that uh, the La Mirada logo that's on the band is on the outside of the box. And it's a beautiful black lacquer. And it has uh, two rows of 10. So there's 20 count boxes for both. And uh, uh, the sampler packs is something like I'll send to you. And if you know you want to give away some samplers or what have you, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll give for everybody watching. We'll give away some tonight, and then some on next week's show as well. Right, right. So, how long has the company been under the the management company it, it is today? Has it been a couple of years? Is it just when you came on board? No, it's it's been around for about five six years. Okay, but they've really been toying with it left and right. And before I joined the company was pretty much closed down because of COVID for six months. I mean, I know cigar stores here in Phoenix, Scottsdale, some of them closed for two to three months. Yeah. Well, some some of them only had like takeout service. Yeah. You know, and uh, thank God uh, with COVID being lifted in an awful lot of places, I don't know about you, but, you know, I finished getting my two vaccine shots in March. So I've been visiting cigar stores, uh, I still don't enjoy going where there's like a dozen or so people in a small confined room. You know, TPE was uh, unique because everybody was smoking in the aisles, in the booths, wearing masks, not wearing masks. Uh, it was it was unique. But, you know, thank God we're starting to get back to life. Yeah. You know, how, how, how was that with TPE? I know because you read everything coming up to it. They were going to be strict you had to have the mask unless you were physically smoking um were the rules pretty relaxed a little bit in, in your in your opinion well yeah they were very relaxed but that's only because it's kind of hard to tell cigar smoke 
members who are at a cigar show, yeah. and most of them are right-wing Republicans. I mean, they're not going to listen to government telling them what to do, quite frankly. That's being yeah. honest. And uh, as soon as you came into the convention hall, you had to have a mask or they gave you a mask. Okay. They gave you temperature, and they let you in. Now, you were not supposed to smoke a cigar in the aisles. You are only supposed to smoke it when you were in an exhibitor's booth. Okay. It was so tough to police that <laughs> we're just smoking left and right. And, uh, you know, I was chain smoking cigars because that's always great advertising. Yeah. Like, you're a cigar guy. You have to be smoking a cigar. And, you know, it was beautiful seeing all these people once again smoking. It was great to see uh, many, many friends of mine in the industry uh, that I hadn't seen in, you know, a year, year and a half. So uh, we're back, thank God. And uh, Las Vegas is starting to get back. Yeah, this was um, um, this just wasn't the first um, like big convention of the year for Vegas. This was the first convention for Vegas. There, there has not been a single convention until this past weekend. Yeah, so, I know yeah. it was the, it was the first convention for the Las Vegas Convention Center. Yeah, I don't know about anywhere else, but it was the first convention for Las Vegas convention. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the PCA, of course, uh, in uh, what is it, July? Yeah. Is going to be at the the Sands Expo attached to the Venetian, so that'll probably be even more relaxed. So uh, we'll see. And you know, the cigar world. I I love smoking a cigar in a cigar store. I mean, I have a beautiful backyard. I could smoke cigars in the backyard. There's Boston Jimmy saying good evening, Jen. So, hey, yeah. hey how are you? But um, uh, I love going to a cigar store. Uh, you know, I'll go on vacations throughout the year with my wife, and she'll go wherever, and I'll say, I'm going to go to a cigar store. And she always goes, well, who are you going to a cigar store with? And I'll go, nobody. She goes, well, you know. And I go, I don't know a soul, but I guarantee you I'm going to find somebody that I can have a conversation with because this cigar is a great equalizer, as you know. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. You, you can be worth $10 million and a CEO of a major company, and I could be working at McDonald's making $10, $12 an hour, but we're both smoking cigars, so immediately we have something to talk about. Exactly. It's like it's like I'm I'm going to the lounge to meet a meet my new friend I haven't met yet. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's the way it is. It's, you know, it. I, I've never been in a lounge unless like I said sometimes we're traveling and we're in a lounge on a Tuesday at like ten thirty in the morning when there's nobody right. in there. But right. generally, whenever we go into a lounge, you know, there's always a group of guys and me. I you know I can sit down and have a cigar with anybody. You know, you go in the they go in the humidor, you grab a cigar, right? Sit down, like, how's it going, guys? You know, next thing right. you know, it's four hours later, and you and you just made five new friends. Right, and quite frankly, you know, the number one topic that comes up when you're in a group of guys you don't know is like, well, what are you smoking? Or what are you smoking? And you know, all of a sudden, I'll get turned on to something new. And that's a great way to find out about new cigars because, you know, people will tell me, well, this is mild or this is medium or yeah. this cigar's got a lousy draw or great draw. And, you know, uh, I listen to these people. And then if, if I'm, they're giving me a really good review, I'll end up going into the humidor and, you know, picking up a few sticks. 
Well, exactly. And I don't know how many times it's happened to you, but for Jessica and I, dozens of times, probably same with Boston Jimmy, you know, all the lounges he's traveled to, same with Care Viajante. You know, you'll be talking to some guys like, hey, you know, what you know, what are you smoking? And they'll be like, oh, I'm smoking this. And I'm like, oh, I've never I've never heard of that cigar before. And then they'll tell you about it. Next thing you know, they get up, they go to the humidor and they just bring you one. This one's on me. And I'm like, you don't, you don't know me, you know, but they're so excited when you find a cigar that you love, you just want to share that, you know? So right. it's like, here, I'm going I'm to buy you one. You know, just, just try right. it, you know? And that, right. that's a fantastic. And I tell you, know, and you had mentioned it earlier and it's one thing that Jessica and I, the first thing we do, no matter where we're at, we can be in a lounge here in Florida, you know, but if it's one that we've never been into before, we always ask, what do you have unique? Is there something new? Is there something that only you carry or what are you smoking? You know, it's, a, I know what I want. I want a Dunbarton. I want a Drew Estate. I want a foundation, but what are you smoking? And I try and tell people, ask that question when you go in, you know, so yeah, you, you know, you want your Dunbarton tricky Traca. pick one up. Right. That's fine. Right. But always ask, what are you smoking? Cause you're, you're going to find, you know, and like you said, that's the, you know, you get a good tobacconist that has boutique blends they're going to, you know, they're going to ask those questions. Like, what are you smoking? What are you smoking now? How do you like your coffee? Do you like whiskey? Like, you know, would you like to try a boutique? Let, let, you know, and, and they'll lead right. you in. And next thing I know, we walk out with 15 cigars. You know, right. so. No, exactly. And, you know, whether you have a hundred different facings in your humidor as a retailer or a thousand, like in a smoke in or a Corona cigar, you know, you should always be able to find a cigar that you can smoke. I mean, some, some of these snobs that, that'll come into a small store and say, you have a hundred cigars, but there's not one that I would smoke. It's like, I'm thinking to myself, you have to be kidding me. You know, I remember when I first got started in the business 25 plus years ago, Arturo Fuente Perdomo, they were boutique brands. It's hard to imagine that, you know, nowadays. Right. And now they're each manufacturing, I don't know, 30, 40 million cigars a year. Yeah. Boutique brands. I mean, they're not general and they're not out of this, but they're not a boutique brand like Bahama Mamas or Caffey or DAV or, or a bunch of others. And, you know, one thing that I insisted on with uh, Bahama Mamas company as soon as we started is we joined the Boutique Cigar Association. Okay. It's, you know, I, I was always, like I said, an advocate of boutique cigars when I had a store. And now that I'm a manufacturer uh, of, a, of a boutique cigar lines, I have to help the Boutique Cigar Association. And I don't know if you heard this or not, but uh, we created our first ever festival that we're going to be having August 13th and 14th in Martinsville, Indiana. Yes. Greek Winery. And uh, there's going to be 15 uh, uh, boutique cigar companies having uh, exhibit space. And uh, we're all going to be talking and selling our cigars. And there's going to be there on the property. There's a winery, a distillery, a brewery. There's going to be a concert that Saturday night. There's going to be VIP tickets, general admission tickets. It's going to be a blast. And, uh, you know, I'd love to come on the show again in another month or two and talk about that because that's not until August. Yeah, yeah, that, that's great. Maybe we'll, we'll have you and Josh on. Josh Dowler over at Cedar Creek. Great, great yeah, guy. Josh is a, yeah, Josh yeah. is a friend of mine. I've only met him on Zoom, but, you know, I can say we're good friends. 
Yeah, he, he's a great guy, and uh, and and I definitely got it. Um, I'll, I'll get you hooked up with uh, the guys over at um, Texas Cigar Roadshow. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, and uh, no. they have they have a fantastic YouTube channel, and they're actually uh, the two guys, um, 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 David and Ian. They're in the production business, so they they produce shows for PBS, and they've traveled the world, and you know, like I said, you you've definitely seen shows that they have produced and filmed, and you know, so that their production value on their reviews and well, actually they don't do reviews. They do shows featuring, you know, different lounges, but they, they come with a audio guy. They come with a lighting guy. They come with, you know, a camera guy. So, I mean, it is full production. They're actually going to be filming up there at the, uh, um, um, the, the festival. So uh, they're, they're bringing their crew up. So they'll be doing some, uh, some filming. And so I'll definitely, uh, yeah, I'll definitely get you hooked up with David. Maybe you guys can do a a little one on one interview. And uh, he he's and he he's the one. He actually flew in Friday night. He's the one I met up at uh, Ebor. So we got to hang out for a little bit. Another guy I talk to every day online. Finally met him for the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's fat. That's like when I met Boston Jimmy at the uh, the um, uh, a TPE show. You know, I talked to him. I've been on his show. Uh, Jerome Berry, I've been on his show, Iconic Smoker. I met yeah. him PE. So that was fantastic. Uh, I'm going to be going to Chicago this summer because uh, of Ronnie Pecorini and his brother. Oh, yeah, great, yeah, great, great Lakes. Smoke show. And, and they're going to be live at the uh, Boutique Cigar Festival in yeah. March. So, uh, you know, I love these podcasts. And besides being interviewed on podcasts, I mean, throughout this uh, COVID pandemic, I've been on all these virtual herfs, which replaced going to a cigar store. You know, you could just talk to people about cigars or about politics or sports or drinking or whatever you want. But, uh, you know, who, who knows if that's going to go away or not? It's, it's a simple, easy way to talk to a whole lot of people from different yeah. parts of the world. It, it, it's great. I've met so many manufacturers. I met on one, uh, Bradley Rubin of uh, Alec, Alec yes. Bradley Cigars. And right. um, uh, I met uh, and I got to talk with him for an hour and a half. And since then, you know, Bradley and I, I mean, we talk often and he, he's become a friend and we just met him. I, I met him on a on a Zoom, you know, like like a month afterwards, he reached out to me. He's like, hey, when are you going to have me on your show, jerk? You know, and, uh, and I'm like, yeah, let's come on. And had him on the show. Then we've met up several times and then I got the, you know, uh, uh, meet his brother and, um, have him on the show. I haven't, haven't had the old man on the show yet. So I got to reach right. out to, got to reach out to, uh, to Alan and get him on the show. But right. so at, at, at events like the, uh, the TPE, cause I mean, you've been doing this for 30 years. Do, do you still get a little starstruck when you, when you meet like, like Sokka or Pete Johnson or even JD, you know, JD since the beginning, uh, uh John drew, you know, yeah. is it, do you still get that? You know, like, uh, you know, tw 20 years ago, I sort of did. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of cigar enthusiasts out there, you know, uh, look at uh, Steve Saka or Rocky Patel or Carlito Fuente as like rock stars, you know, and they want their autograph on a box, things like yeah. that. But I just enjoy actually going up to them. I mean, we were uh, two, three boots down from Dunbarton. And I know Steve for years and years because I used to carry his cigars when they first came out five or so years ago. 
So, you know, I always keep in touch with him and I love his cigars. So I went up to him and, you know, he goes, Brad, how are you? And, you know, he remembered my name, which I was honored. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy talking to him. You know, I'll go up to Rocky Patel and shake hands. Uh, Carlitos had a lot of nice things to say to me. And, uh, you know, they're, they're peers and they're friends. And, you know, uh, are, are they, you know, big successes in the industry? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we all started somewhere. And uh, wherever we are now, you know, we have to be happy in our place. So that, that 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 we do, and uh, um, as much as much as I, I I talk to Steve quite often. Every every time he calls me, and I see them on the caller ID, I still get the butterflies. I'm like, oh my god, Steve! You know, I, I'm still you know I'm only a couple of years into this, so so I'm I still get the the butter. I'm like, oh my god, like Steve Saka is legitly calling me on my phone, and and you know and and he's such the nicest guy. He 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 he, he gives no shits about every anything. Right. Yeah. You know, you, know, what, what, you know, just a fantastic, fantastic gentleman. Right. Right. Well, it's like uh, when I finally made contact with you to be on yeah. your show, I had I've been a, a fan of yours for over a year watching it. And uh, everyone has such great things to say about you. And I'm not just sucking up. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it was uh, really cool to be on your show. I mean, you have one of the legit shows out there. And and I find that weird every single time someone says that to me, you know. So, but right. uh, but th th thank you very much. So, um, so where is um um? I mean, I'm I'm sure you got you I mean you're you're a large company. Well, not I mean you're still a boutique company. You'd mentioned earlier about the FDA thing. Um, are you guys nervous at all? You know, on that new you know because we're we're probably two years from the FDA even cracking down on this whole, you know infused cigar thing it's going to take them a year to get rid of menthol cigarettes that right. that's that's not happening at, at all um are you hoping to get an exemption of some kind well you know anyone in the cigar industry from manufacturing to distributing that says they're not nervous about the fda they're lying because you know that's been a fight uh that we've been waging for I mean, CRA is, what, 10 years old, 12 years old? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a fight that we wage every day. I mean, not only on the federal level, but on the state level and the municipal level, whether it's taxation, whether or not they're banning smoking on the beach or in the parks. Uh, there, there's all sorts of stuff. And flavors, you know, they're really coming down hard on that. Is that going to happen uh uh i think so i think that'll be banned uh uh you know i've never sold a cigar uh to a miner i don't know any cigar store that yeah. sells cigars to miners uh the age is 21 now i mean when i had the store if you didn't look 30 i made sure you were carded unless we knew they were you know 21 or over and that's the next generation of cigar smokers, whether it's young guys, women, what have you. And a lot of them get turned on by the infused cigars, you know, but a lot of newbies out there are getting turned on by regular tobacco cigars, you know, it, full tobacco, no infusion, something that maybe is a little milder. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to give a newbie uh, a full bodied cigar. I mean, I remember when I had my store and I first opened, 
and somebody came in at 9.30 in the morning, and they said, you have a Camacho Triple Maduro. And I said, <laughs> yeah, absolutely I do. So I brought the gentleman over to the Camacho Triple Maduro. He took it out of the case, cut it, lit it up. I, and I said to him, because I was perplexed, because I know that's a damn strong cigar. That'll, yeah. knock me, that'll knock me on my keister. But I said to that guy, I said, isn't that a strong cigar for the morning? He goes, it's better than three espressos. Yeah. And, you know, I never tell someone what to smoke. I never tell someone what to drink. Everybody has their uniqueness and individuality. And, uh, you know, that's why we have so many darn cigars. That's why there's so many bourbons and scotches and wines out there. Different strokes for different folks. Exactly. And I think it's going to come down to how they classify or what they classify as flavored versus infused, you know, versus, you know, the the grape flavored versus just the Bardstown blend, you know, which is a slightly infused. It's not a a grape, an apple, a cherry, you know, you know, so right. I, I don't know, you know, so, so hopefully they give some guidance a little bit more. I mean, they, they've given some guidance already on what they consider flavored versus infused, but they need to, they need to broaden that, that guidance on, on what, what that is. But either way, that's really going to affect Swisher, you know, owner of Drew Estate, sponsor of the show. So I, I, right. I, I, I don't know what we'll see. I, I, I have, I, I want to say Swisher, you know, being a multi-billion dollar company has been, in the works for a long time, you know, trying to figure this out, you know, so there's, there's no way that company's going. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And also what about cigar reviewers? And I'm not like this, you know, I can't taste that a cigar is leathery or it has cocoa. Yes. Or I was listening to your show the other night and you said it smells like baby powder and cinnamon. Yeah. yeah. I have never, ever been able to pick those things up. And is that a flavor? So the, the flavors that the tobacco emits, is that going to be legislated against? I, you know, I don't know how you can do that. You know, I've been doing this for a couple of years now, and I've asked that question before. You're the first person. You're the first person that's worked for a cigar company that has asked that same question. Because I, I said that in a, probably a year ago, I go, do you think or do you not think the FDA is watching some of these cigar reviewers, you know, right. and, and, they, and they're like, you know, I'm getting, you know, a, a deep chocolate, you know, note off this cigar. I'm getting a coffee. I'm getting a leather, you know, so is that considered, you know, what, what, where is that at? You know, because that's all natural tobacco. So they're really right. going to have to produce some guidance on on what that. So I'm glad you said that you're actually the first person that is. That, that, that is that has said that with me like what is right. you know because if they come after an infused cigar you know like the bahama mama and they get rid of that what's next you know are they gonna you know are they gonna look at me like hey you know we watched six cigar reviews and this right. everybody says this this rocky patel tastes like chocolate yeah you know? the, the, the cigar industry as a whole has to collectively fight the fda on everything and whether, you know, when they're legislating against anything that has to do with premium cigars, you're, you're, states or municipalities, we all have to band together. But I'll tell you, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm getting too old. I've been around too long. <laughs> Cigar Aficionado first launched at the end of 92, beginning of 93. And in 93 or 94 sometime, I remember watching the first gentleman that had a, a national cigar radio show. And you might know Dave Zeplowitz. Yeah, gentleman. yeah. I, I actually just and, met Dave for the first time about a month ago. Yeah, I've known Dave for 20 years and uh, more than 20 years. And uh, uh, he had the uh, the Cigar Dave radio show. He yep. called the general. And one of his guests in like 93, 94 was uh, a gentleman named uh, Dick DiMiola. And Dick DiMiola was the executive vice president at the time for Consolidated Cigar Company, which was the predecessor to Altidus. Okay. okay. It was called Consolidated. And uh, uh, so Cigar Dave says to Dick DiMiola on the air, says, Dick, how, how do you uh, review and rate your cigars? Because Cigar Aficionado always has these tasting panels, and they say the cigar is leathery or the cigar is woodsy. And Dick DiMiola, as like a 40-year executive in the cigar industry, he goes, Dave, I have no idea what they're talking about. Have you ever smoked a piece of leather? <laughs> have you ever smoked a piece of wood? You know, of course, Dave said no. And so Dave goes to Dick DiMiola and says, well, D Dick, how do you rate your cigars? He goes, there's two ways, and I'm exactly the same way. I rate cigars as cigars I like and cigars I don't like. That's it. Pretty yeah, our, our, our good buddy, Caraviahante, um, uh, when, when I uh, um, reviewed his his first cigar, the Stogie Road, the Edition 35, um, at the end of the review, I'm like, it doesn't suck. That was right. that was it. You know, it was it, 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 it didn't suck. And, and that and that's all all it was. And and people like and, and just a reminder, I know we, we, we don't say this on every show. I try to remind everybody CRA definitely go to the CRA website, sign up. It's not that much. It's the price of, I say, the price of two premium cigars. You can join each and every year, and then you can fight some of these FDA guidelines. Um, over the past year, um, I've really been disappointed by some manufacturers that have been willing to throw the infused cigar lines under the bus. It's like, okay, the FDA is coming out, coming after the infused flavored cigar market. And a lot of these manufacturers, are like, okay, so we're willing to accept that. You know, let's, if they want, if they want the flavors, let's give them the flavors, and they can take that away. They never stop. They never stop. Once that door is cracked, and they take one thing, it's never going to end. They're all they're going to come after you know. So they know that they took the infused cigars, they took the flavored, whatever you want to call them. Then it's going to be the next thing, and then they're going to take that, and then they're going to take that. So we, right. we can't we can't give them anything. We cannot, right, right. we cannot give them flavored or infused cigars because that's opening the door for, for everything else. Right. The FDA is a big machine and, you know, they got, <laughs> they got the federal government behind them. So, uh, you know, it's a tough battle to fight, but we all have to fight it. I mean, we all have to fight these different state taxes. I mean, look at the state of New York and the city uh -huh. of New York. You know, I heard the other day that if you close your cigar store in New York City, that that's that's it. Yeah. You can't sell it. Yeah. Uh, unless, you know, you inherit it or something like that, I believe. You yeah, can't yeah. sell it. 
Yeah, so, uh, yeah. someone else told me that non-transferable, like your license, right. yeah, it's gone. Right. I mean, can you imagine building up your business for 20, 25 years and then you, you just have to close because, yeah. you know, you don't have any children or what have you that want to take it over? Exactly. I mean, I mean, we're lucky enough. We got Florida and Arizona, Florida. We have 0% tax on cigars. Um, and you know, it's just, it, it's a, it's a safe haven for, for everybody to come to Florida. Arizona is, is probably the second largest, um, um, region for cigars, hands down, you know, Arizona, you know Arizona is huge. Well, we, as you may or may not know, we've got 50 or 60 cigar stores in the Phoenix Scottsdale metro area alone, wow! Like the highest concentration of cigars per capita in the country, bigger than South Florida, let's say. Yeah, and uh, it's it's just amazing. I mean, our tax here is only twenty two cents per cigar, regardless of the price of the cigar. Twenty two okay. cents. Okay. So it, you know, it's pretty minimal, and yeah. it's been that way for over twenty years that I can remember. Yeah, and then so, a, couple, a couple of people have mentioned no tax in Pennsylvania as well. You right, know, so. Pennsylvania. I mean, the state of Texas is a penny. A penny oh, is it? <laughs> I mean, you know, 22 cents I can understand, but a penny? You know, but that's great for Texans. Well, it, it, it is. And, 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 I mean, and it adds up. You know, if you're selling, you know, the, the whole state, 20, 30, 40 million cigars a year, you know, 30 million pennies is still – income i i you know i i, I guess no you know, it so. adds up and, and as a company that uh, deals all across the country we have to be licensed in all these different uh states and all these some states have onerous licenses for oh, license fees yeah we have to pay a bond and then you have to be pay a license fee uh, etc so you know and as a new company we want to be licensed in every state because we don't want to turn anyone down we want to do business across the country but you know it, it's it's not easy with all these different fees and all these licenses exactly and then with, and with the company or the country reopening i mean luckily florida we never closed which is awesome um so as as managing director of bahama mamas what is your role? Are you going to be are, are so as the country is reopening, is your role going out to events and then uh, so what, what exactly is your role in the company? Well, you know, I'm running the company. We have a, a small sales force of about four people out there okay. going out and calling on accounts. Uh, well, they've been calling on accounts, unfortunately, via phone. But now, especially myself, I'm going to start going to different uh events, different festivals, uh, going to different areas of the country where, you know, I can just within four or five days visit 10, 12 stores and have, uh, you know, small events where I get to meet the customers, introduce them to new cigars. Like I'm going to South Florida the end of June. I'm going to uh, Chicago sometime, uh, I think the end of July. Uh, you know, and go to all these stores, introduce our cigars, open new accounts, uh, you know, service accounts we have with different events. Because, you know, the cigar industry is a industry where you have to meet and greet people, smoke a cigar with them, get their feedback. Uh, you know, it's a very, very social business and a social industry. Yep, and then uh, um, uh, if you know in June when you're going to be in South Florida, 
hit me up via email. Um, uh, I know my schedule is usually out three, four weeks, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely tr- see if I can c- come down with you and hang out, maybe try and come up. Try and promote it and get some people into that, you know, um, uh, into that lounge as well. So definitely let me know, you know, when uh, when, when you yeah, know you're definitely. Be- I mean, I, I've been talking to the smoke in folks about getting cigars into smoke in. I've been talking to the folks at uh, Jeff Borshowitz's company, Corona Cigar Company. So I'm going to be anywhere from Palm Beach down to South Beach. So uh, you know, there's so- a lot of area to cover. And uh, just going to these places for me is a lot of fun. You know, yep. it's like people ask me when I'm going to retire. And I go, why should I retire if I'm enjoying myself? Exactly. And if it helps you out at all, drop my name at Corona at Smoke In. Everybody knows me, you know. So I'm like, hey, Kevin likes my cigars. That might not help at all because, you know, it's all about the bottom line. You, you've learned that by now, you know. Yeah, just, no, you know. no, absolutely. But getting a reference from a person like yourself yeah. or, or other shop owners or podcasters or what have you, I mean, we've had nothing but favorable reviews. And I know that our cigars are not for everyone, but, you know, uh, I don't care who you are. You have to enjoy smoking our cigars. It, it, exactly. And if you're not familiar, another another good lounge, a large lounge, uh, if you're heading down to the smoke-in area, definitely look up Smoke on the Water. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, in Western it, Florida. Yeah. Are you, uh, do you know Larry? Uh, Pen- uh, I don't know Larry, but uh, I lived in uh, Pembroke Pines for a while. Oh, that's, that's where and, my daughter uh, lives. And, yeah. yeah and, and long time ago, my family had a home in uh, – Jack Rand area of plantation. Okay, yeah. Uh, I remember meeting Alan Rubin when him and his father were just starting the company in their garage <laughs> in that area. So, so and, yeah, so uh, definitely Larry has a huge lounge, great place for events. Um, well, obviously, obviously, you know, smoke on the water. Yeah, Larry used to uh, um, work for Zycar. Um, right. So, so now Larry uh, is the general manager of uh, Smoke on the Water, you know, probably one of my favorite lounges you know, down there. So definitely, you definitely have to hit up Larry. He's always yeah. a great guy as well. I mean, when I lived in South Florida 30 plus years, about 30 years ago, and I lived there for like uh, 18 years, there were not the cigar stores and cigar lounges there are today. Not oh, even you, close. You, you got that right. Yeah. I, I remember the only place you could go to in Miami was Mike Cigars. And uh, now Mike's has a lounge, I understand, where you can smoke in. Okay. And, and uh, you know, back then you just went in, you bought cigars, and you left. So, you know, and it's like uh, I've been going to the smoke in in Wellington for the longest time. Okay. Because my mother-in-law lives in the area, but I've never met Abe. So yeah. I'm looking forward to meeting Abe. Uh, I went to college near Orlando. I mean, I used to go to uh, – uh, uh, Churchill's was a church, uh, church street station. Okay. Yeah. 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 And God, I remember when yeah. they had, I remember, you know, this is 40 plus years ago. They had nickel beer night. Yeah. Oh, so, you could buy all the beautiful women, the beers, but they never had a cigar store. I mean, would I have loved to have hung out at Corona cigars in downtown Orlando? Absolutely. I would have missed half my classes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a, a lot of the uh, uh, the manufacturers, their kids, you know, uh, like the Rubens, um, right. a lot of them worked at uh, uh, Corona, you know, uh, while they were going to college up there in uh, in Orlando and in, uh, in yeah. t- and, and Tampa, 
you know, they right. all they all got jobs and uh, worked for uh, Jeff at one time, you know, for a summer here or a summer there. And, you know, it's funny to hear that them say that, you know, now they're running the companies that, you know, they got their start at, you know, Corona Cigar. Right, know, just, right. Just, and, you know, I, I admire people like Abe and Jeff who are self-made successful people yeah. that started from, you know, nothing. I mean, I know Jeff financed his business with credit cards. Yeah. You know, and I, I think he sold his boat or something like that. And, uh, you know, Abe, you know, started with one store and he has 13 plus a unbelievable online business and his smoke, uh, uh, the Great Smoke Inn, is yeah. it? Or, yeah, the, the, the Great Smoke, the great yeah. Smoke, you know, so that's fantastic. And, and the cigar world is uh, continuing to grow. I love it. You know, we have to... Uh, work on getting the, the next generation of cigar smokers uh, to get turned on to the pleasures of smoking a cigar and the differences between cigars and cigarettes and vape and all that. And, uh, you know, because uh, that's what the future of the business depends on is those younger smokers. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and, that, and for people that, that want to try your cigars, I know we'd mentioned Brad over at Zeal Cigars carry, carries the, uh, the the full line of Bahama Mamas. Do they carry La Mirada as well? Yes, it carries uh, both lines, every size. You can go to zealcigars.com. Um, uh, we sell, uh, we're online with Mike Cigars, MikeCigars.com. Okay, so uh, so if they if they if they go to your website, do you have places? Is there a, which I didn't I I forgot to check. Is there a like a lounge finder or somewhere where you can send them? No, that's the next thing that we're going to be updating. Okay, uh, but uh, you know, but just go to uh, um, BahamaMamasCigar.com. That's our website. Yeah, yeah, and, and anybody listening uh, in the on the show tonight or watching and then listening on the podcast in the future, in the show notes, the description is the website, is the Instagram links. Everywhere you can find La, you know, La Mirada, Bahama Mama, definitely check them out down below so you can you can find them. So, right. um, yeah, and then like I said, yeah, and as soon as you get that, you know, the website finder until then, you know, everybody knows Brad and I, Zeal Cigars, you know, we're, we're like brothers. So definitely mm -hmm. head over to Zeal Cigars, and you, you know he's going to have some good pricing. You know. Yeah. There. No, absolutely. And uh, we have another guy. It's uh, GFPCigars.com. I don't know if you've heard of Gustavo Placeres. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I've, I've seen his live events, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, has, he does a Facebook Live like every day. He yeah, every day, cigars. yeah. So, and, you know, we make sure that these onliners, you know, uh, keep the MSRP – uh, you know, because we want to protect the retailers that are out there. And uh, there's definitely a place for the online. You know, I mean, it's like for retailers to fight online people and the different laws that are coming down against onliners. I mean, if they start outlawing online cigar sales, they're going to start outlawing cigar sales in the stores. Yeah. So, you know, we have to keep up the fight for uh, for our industry. Exactly. So, uh, Brad, we definitely want to thank you for coming on, spending almost two hours of your uh, of your night with us. So, um, and then we'll, two we'll hours. I can't believe it. It's gone. It's gone by like uh, it's nothing. And it, here's it, that Gordo Magnifico that I started with, La Mirada. Yeah. And uh, I, I got to put a toothpick in it to enjoy the rest of it. <laughs>
Exactly. And then, and then maybe we'll try and have you back on with, uh, um, um, uh, for the festival and yes. we'll see, we'll see what's going on with that. So, um, that. yeah. So, uh, thank you. And, uh, and you, and you have a wonderful night, Brad. Thank you. Thank you very much. Enjoy your show and uh, keep up the great work. Oh, uh, will do. Thank you very much.